0: Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. He told them, heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. He said, freely you have received, freely give. The assignment is still the same today. Welcome back to Kingdom Increase with Amanda Hall. (laughs) Hallelujah. I'm Amanda Hall, wife to Rodney, mom to Cecily, and pastor at Kingdom Increase Church in Jerseyville, Illinois. And we are hitting life's issues with heaven's perspective. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, this week I've been uh, talking about the power of God. I've been talking about Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today and forever. And today I want to talk about raising the dead. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, it would seem that uh the the church as a whole is is re, is okay with relegating raising the dead to those that are spiritually dead. And obviously that is our number 1 assignment. Amen. is to rescue those that are on their way to eternal death by preaching the gospel so that they can have eternal life. Amen? As they receive Jesus. But these are actual, I'm going to give, uh, there are three times, actually it's, it's more than three times, but there are three people while Jesus walked this earth in his ministry for three and a half years, three people that he raised from the dead. And so these are actually physical people that were dead that he actually raised and he's still the same Jesus. Amen. He's still the same Jesus. And I think he's just looking, you know, he he's he's just looking um for those who one will believe him, but two take the opportunities that are available to demonstrate his supernatural power. Amen. And I, this stirs me up for a few reasons and I'm not going to get into it. Um, <clears throat> but if you will go with me first to Mark chapter five. So the first one that we're going to look at in Jesus' resurrection when he raised, um, uh, people from the dead, is Jairus's daughter. And this is actually recorded in three of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, uh, and Luke. And so um, I'm going to look at it from uh, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5, today. And let's just take a jump in, because we're going to find with all three instances that... Excuse me, that Jesus raised the dead. They're a little bit, it's almost like you can see um that nothing is too dead <laughs> for Jesus to raise. Amen. Now again, I'm talking about physical resurrection from the dead. And you know, I, I think and and this has actually happened um, you know, uh since then. And um actually we can read it in the in the New Testament later on too um, resurrection from the dead, but there's also the reality, um, that in today's world, I mean, Reinhard Bonnke, there's a story you could probably actually, I didn't look it up ahead of time, but I'm sure you might be able to find it on YouTube. If not, you could at least look up the story, um, if you Googled it um, in a meeting someplace in Africa where a dead man had been dead for a, a few days and his wife just insisted <laughs> that he was going to be raised from the dead. And that is exactly, um, what happens. I, I've heard story tell from ministers. Um, when I've been down to pastor, uh, Rodney, uh, Howard Brown's for, um, camp meetings, ministers and leaders and conferences and stuff, I've heard, uh, uh like, um, Pastor and evangelist uh, Debbie Rich talk about meeting that guy that was raised from the dead and and, in Reinhard's meetings because Reinhard was at Pastor Rodney's and that guy was with him. And so she said it is amazing just to sit across a table from him and just watching chew to think the man was dead at one point in time and hear the story him and his wife telling about, you know, because you know, in today's world we embalm people. So it's like how many days it took for all that and balming food and stuff to come out of a system, absolutely phenomenal. So if you think that our God isn't the same today, he is the same today, right? Jesus has not changed and he isn't ever gonna change. And I really want to stir your faith um this week to believe for the supernatural power um of God to work in your life for you and through you. Are you willing? I dare you to consecrate your life with the Lord and say, "Lord, use me to work those miracles." Amen. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I'm pressing I'm pressing, I actually, I'm rereading, which I've read it several times, A.A. A. Allen's book. It's, it's not a very long book, but, uh, the price of miracle working power, because I'm stirred in my spirit. People are in need of help. Um, you know, in Matthew, uh, chapter 10, he he said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons freely. You have received freely give Amen. He's still, the assignment is still the the same today for us as believers. He sent his disciples while he was still here. He sent his disciples out to do the same thing that he was doing. Amen. And that is still the assignment today. That's why he commanded them in Acts chapter one. Well, it wasn't just in Acts chapter one. And we can also read it. Uh, In Luke and uh, some of the other gospels, he said, now you wait into the city after Jesus was raised from the dead, but before he ascended, the 40 days he was here. And showed himself alive to the disciples and continued to teach them about the kingdom. Some final things he needed to teach them about before he um, ascended back into heaven. And it said he commanded them to stay in Jerusalem until they would receive the power from heaven that the father, that the father had promised and he would send. That Holy Spirit said you will be clothed with power clothed with power. Amen. And he said that power so that you can be my witnesses. Hallelujah. And a witness isn't just a witness in word, but also in deed and in demonstration of that same power. Hallelujah. This, this really gets me going. I'm telling you, because I just feel like, I mean, you can see it. Like I see evangelists, pastors, supernatural signs and wonders you know, in their ministry. I've I've had them in mind, so I'm not saying that, but I'm talking about where it becomes the norm, where it becomes the regular, where where people are just blown away by all the working signs and wonders that God is doing through those that are, are willing to believe him and consecrate their lives And allow that miracle working power to work through them. Hallelujah. So we're going to look at Jairus' daughter in Mark chapter 5. And so there's two stories weaved here together. Because we have Jairus' daughter who is actually 12 years old. And she's now dying. And an interesting fact is then we also have the woman who's had an issue of blood for 12 years. So J. Iris's daughter has been living for 12 years and now she's dying. This woman has been dying for 12 years with an issue of blood, but she's going, she's reaching for Jesus for life. Amen. And so I'm actually going to skip the story about the woman with the issue of blood. So we're going to have to sk- skip a few, um, verses because i just want to focus really today on his on the ministry when jesus raised the dead so verse 21 of mark 5 jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore then a leader of the local synagogue whose name was Jairus arrived when he saw jesus he fell at his feet pleading fervently with him my little daughter is dying he said please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. Now go down to verse 35. While he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, Don't be afraid, just have faith. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him, but he made them all leave. And he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying, holding her hand. He said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, get up. And the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone what had happened. And then he told them to give her something to eat. And so there's several things that we could dive into this passage, and I'm just going to hit some of them kind of quick here. But when it comes to the working of miracles, you must understand faith has to be present and doubt can't be present. I've always found this um, passage extremely interesting. And actually, I've had other Christians get very, very upset with me when I've told them, you know, in, in instances, I'm going to pray for people, but don't you don't put your hands on them. This is not your time for ministry. You go sit down. I'm the one preaching the word. I'm the one ministering to people because, um, miracle working power, gifts of healing, those things don't flow where doubt is right. Even when Jesus went into his own hometown, he could do very little, um, supernatural works there because they didn't believe in him. They had no faith. He was just Jesus, Joseph and Mary's son. And I don't understand why the church oftentimes gets bent out of shape when ministers say that. When they tell them, no, we don't need your hands on here. You know, I believe that as a born-again child of God, baptized with the Holy Ghost in fire, that power is living in you. But this is what I don't know. One, I don't know exactly what kind of life you're living. Two, I don't know how much you've consecrated your life to the Lord. How much time have you spent in the word, in in prayer, um, praying in tongues, um, fasting, and doing those things, right? And so I'm not going to take the work that I'm doing and mix it with your doubt because you actually don't, you know, a lot of people can stand around and say they believe in Jesus, but it's very evident that they don't believe in the miracle working power of God. So why in the world would I want to have somebody like that intermingling while I'm trying to minister the miracle working power of God, the miracle life, right? When I'm trying to get people to experience the touch from heaven, a tangible touch of the anointing of Jesus Christ, because just one touch from Jesus will change their life forever. And so, you know, I just decided and the Lord just gave me, you know, very clear instruction. Amanda, you don't have to work with those people. People who have a form of godliness, but deny the power. He said, steer clear of them, stay away from them, (laughs) avoid such people, it says in, in some translations. And so even Jesus, he refused to let anyone go in with him to Jairus's house, except Jairus, his wife. So they're the parents of the little girl, Peter, James and John. This was a work that needed to be done and had to be done by faith. It wasn't, I mean, we're talking about raising the dead, right? And so, and I can tell you when it comes to ministering and, and i let me, let me go more spiritual here for just a minute and less about physical raising from the dead. But when you have people that all their life they've experienced nothing but the power of darkness and the power of, of death, and that's all they know, they need to have a tangible a, a palpable, something they can feel, touch from the Lord. <coughs> Excuse me, before they believe it. So I don't need any doubters standing around and trying to lay hands on them while I'm praying for them. I can take care of it myself. I've prepared myself. I've been in the Word. I've been praying. I've been fasting. I can do it myself. Amen? And that's not arrogant. That's just the same. Like, I, you know, I rarely go someplace to minister by by myself. If Rodney is available and it's not a women's meeting, just a women's meeting, he usually goes with me. Otherwise I'll try to take somebody else. And these are people of faith that I know that believe the same way I do. Amen. And so, but people get bent out of shape about it. And I'm not saying, I'm not doubting or questioning um, your relationship with the Lord or that you can't do that also, but the reality is, is I know I'm prepared for it. I don't know about you, because I don't know you, right? And the Bible says we should know those that labor among us. And I'm not going to work that hard and consecrate my life to then have somebody that pretends to be, um, <laughs> you know, a believer in the miracle, miracle-working power of God, but it actually isn't and working against you. And it's scriptural, right here. I think that's key. If you're a, if you're a minister of God. You don't just have to let anybody and everybody around, right? And, and to help you minister. If you've consecrated yourself and you're doing the work, you know you're walking with the Lord, then, then just trust you and Jesus and the Holy Ghost to get it done. Amen. And there's nothing wrong with telling people to sit down. <laughs> I know in America, you know, well, we're, we're all the same. Actually, no, we're not all the same. <laughs> That is actually not true at all. And I'm not saying in any fashion that I think, you know, well, you just think you're holier than now. That is even not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is throughout the scriptures, even while Jesus walked the earth, you could see even his disciples, other than Peter, James, and John, because once again, they had been with him up on the Mount of Transfiguration and the rest of the disciples were left behind. And a guy brings his son who's possessed with a demon, and he can't cast it out. They, they can't cast it out. There's nine of them, right? And there's all kinds of Pharisees and religious leaders around, and they can't cast this demon out. And so when Jesus comes down, the guy runs up to Jesus and said, Look, I brought my son, who's tormented by the devil, um, to your disciples, and they couldn't cast him out. And Jesus was just getting frustrated because the crowd was around. It's like they, he could see the leers. Of the religious leader of the day saying, yeah, I told you, you know, this and that and everything else. And so he just cast that thing out. And afterwards, his disciples said, why? Now, this wasn't Peter, James and John, because Peter, James and John had been with Jesus. They weren't there while the other nine were trying to cast it out. Said, why couldn't we do it? And he said, because this kind comes out only by with prayer and fasting. See, there's a level of prayer. And consecration in a life that is required in order to operate in that kind of miracle working power. And the reality is we're not all the same. We all don't spend that kind of time with the Lord. Every believer has not consecrated their life in that same way. So as a minister of, you know, of Jesus, don't ever be afraid and don't ever feel bad. If you've got to tell people to sit down and you do the work, amen. I had to get that out because I'm a minister and that's something that irritates me. (laughs) Oh, well, at any rate. And then the next thing that I always, is always amazing to me about this story is, you know, that God instructs us in the book of Corinthians, um, he tells us that God is a God who brings dead things back to life and calls things that are not as though they are. Right? That's what he tells us. God is a God who brings dead things back to life and calls things that are not as though they are. And that's exactly what Jesus did here. In verse 39 of Mark uh, 5, he says, why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. And the crowd laughed at him. Why? Because everybody knew she was dead. She was already dead. The servants had already come to him before they even arrived to the house and said, look, don't trouble the teacher anymore because she's already dead. But Jesus wasn't about to make the facts of the situation trump uh, the truth. And he is the truth. Amen. And he's the God who brings dead things back to life. Hallelujah. And calls things that are not as though they are. And that's exactly what he was doing. He knew he was going to raise this child from the dead. And he called her alive while she was dead. She's only sleeping. She ain't dead. And everybody laughed. When you want to walk in the miracle working power of God, you've got to be willing to endure the laughter and the jeers of those who don't believe. Amen. And even from other Christians and believers, they will not understand your level of faith when you're one who calls things that are not as though they are. Hallelujah. 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 So we've got to understand that that's what it means. You know, we live by faith and not by sight. And oftentimes sight, what we can see with our actual eyes, is opposed to what faith says. Amen. And so we don't need to speak what we can see with our eyes. We need to speak with what the eyes of faith on the inside, right? What the eyes of our spirit, where our vision is. And that's what Jesus did here. Hallelujah. He didn't care if they laughed at him. He knew exactly what he was going to do. And that's what he did. Amen. Hallelujah. And it says they were overwhelmed. He said, he just took her hand, little girl, get up. And immediately she stood up and walked around and they were totally overwhelmed and amazed. And he said, give her something to eat and don't tell anybody about it. Well, it doesn't matter if you tell them not to tell anybody about it. It's going it's going to he he could tell the mom and dad not to tell anybody about it but all them people outside the house that he just kicked out that had been in there weeping and wailing they're going to know the girl was dead and now she's up walking around and eating food so people are going to find out about it amen <laughs> When God raises the dead, people are going to find out about it. You can't keep it quiet. Anytime the miracle working power of God is working, anytime you see supernatural healing by the power of God, people are going to find out about it. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now go with me to the book of Luke chapter seven, and let's look at the widow of Nain's son. So we have, Jairus' daughter, who had just died, that Jesus raised from the dead. Now when we read in the widow of Nain's son, and this is found only in the book of Luke at chapter 7, verses 11 through 17. Soon afterward, Jesus went with his disciples to the village of Nain, and a large crowd followed him. A funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. The young man who had died was a widow's only son, And a large crowd from the village was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Don't cry, he said. Then he walked over to the coffin and touched it. And the bearers stopped. Young man, he said, I tell you, get up. Then the dead boy sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. Great fear swept the crowd, and they praised God, saying, A mighty prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people today. And the news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding countryside. And I always love this passage because I feel like it expresses the compassion that Jesus has to help hurting people. Amen? Acts chapter 10, verse 38, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Amen. This is one of those times where he went about in which he was always doing that, right? Doing good, helping. what This was the widow's only son. So she's a widow. She has no husband. It's her only son. So if you look at it from the, the way that I understand that time, In history here, she would have had no way to provide for herself because her husband was gone. She was a widow and now her only son is dead. She was going to be in a very desperate situation because she would have had no way to provide for herself. And Jesus, with great compassion, said when Jesus saw her, now how did he know one, that she was a widow, which there may have been widow's clothing on or may have been the fact that there wasn't a man walking with her in the procession. But how did he know he was her only son? But it says, when the Lord saw her, when he looked on her, his heart overflowed with compassion. He, Jesus was here and he was going to step up. He knew that that young man was needed in the world he knew that his mother needed him amen and i see that and and sometimes i just get so frustrated because christians want to use their experience and make doctrine out of their experience instead of using the word of god and understanding that that is the doctrine the teaching the instruction that we should follow amen hallelujah Hallelujah. And people say, well, the Lord took him. Well, the Lord didn't take him. You know, the Bible tells us, I believe it's in the book of Psalms. I didn't look it up. That it's very precious. It's very costly to the Lord when one of his people die. Why? Because their life on this earth is very valuable. Not only for themselves and for their family, but for others. And when you have someone on this earth that is passionate about Jesus, that shares Jesus with others, got work to do on this earth, and then they die, that's costly to the Lord. Don't tell me that Jesus, that the Lord took them. No, there is a devil. (laughs) When God has spoken specific words to that person, the call of God on their life, don't tell me that. And don't tell me some, you know, mocked up version of your experience. And don't give excuse because you did not have the power or the faith to believe to raise a person from the dead. I don't want to hear it. That irritates me. You know, I'll never give excuse. There may be the mere fact in a situation or circumstance, I was not carried enough faith or enough power to do anything about the circumstance. But I sure as heck ain't going to change the truth of God's word because of my lack of faith or power. Amen. That's on me. That ain't on God. And God doesn't change. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's exactly what happened here for this widow of Nain. The thief had come and, and destroyed and killed her son, her only son. But Jesus came that you and I and this young man and that woman could have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. Hallelujah. There's great compassion in Jesus to help those who need help and to help the hurting, hallelujah. So we have Jairus' daughter who had just died, Jesus raised from the dead. But now we have the son of this widow who he didn't just die, he's been dead a little bit because they're all he's already in the coffin and on their way to the burial tomb. Amen. So we see a progression here. Jesus raised the dead that had just died. Now one that's been dead, maybe, you know, a couple days or whatever, and already in the coffin and they preserved them, you know, with, with the oils and stuff that they would have used at that time. Um, you know, not, not like we embalm today, but they did have a procedure, if you will, of embalming, just not like we do it. And so he's already in the coffin on his way to the tomb. So we see, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, bless the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what, I am I'm stirring my faith this week. I'm stirring my faith for the supernatural because there's a hurting world out there that needs a uh, helping God. Hallelujah. Right? And not just words. <laughs> not just words. We must preach the gospel because the gospel is the power of God and to salvation for all who will believe. Amen. Hallelujah. But in that gospel is everything that pertains to life. In that same gospel that saves is the same gospel that heals and delivers. Amen. Hallelujah. So we don't just preach in word, but we preach in power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And there is a hurting world that needs help. From a God of great compassion and great love. But more than that, a God of truth and a God of power. Hallelujah. And he still today raises the physically dead. Hallelujah. Not just the spiritual dead, but the physical dead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now go with me to John chapter 11. And we're going to look at the story of, of Lazarus. When Jesus raised Lazarus. And Lazarus is a friend of Jesus. Lazarus and his sisters, Mary and Martha. John chapter 11. Now this is a little bit longer passage, so I'm going to kind of whiz through it, but I feel it's important to read all of the verses 1 through 44. John 11. Again, this, this resurrection from the dead is only recorded in the book of John. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume "'on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. "'Her brother Lazarus was sick. "'So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, "'Lord, your dear friend is very sick. "'But when Jesus heard about it, he said, "'Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. "'No, it happened for the glory of God "'so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. "'So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, "'he stayed where he was for the next two days.' Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he is sleeping... He will soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was simply sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go too and die with Jesus. You know, I always find it interesting that we always refer to Thomas as doubting Thomas because we remember his experience after Jesus' death and And Jesus was resurrected, and he hadn't yet seen him, and he said, "I won't believe it till I can stick my hand in his side and fingers in the in the nail scars in his hands, right? But right here, Thomas demonstrated great faith. Well, they may have wanted to kill him, but if they kill him now, we're just going to go with him, and we'll die too. <laughs> Amen, So Thomas wasn't just doubting Thomas verse seventeen when Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been dead in his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. And Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. I've always believed you are the Messiah, the son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, The teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leaving so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, "'and saw the other people wailing with her. "'A deep anger welled up within him, "'and he was deeply troubled. "'Where have you put him?' he asked them. "'They told him, Lord, come and see.' "'Then Jesus wept. "'The people who were standing nearby said, "'See how much he loved him.' "'But some said, the man healed a blind man. "'Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying?' "'Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. "'A cave with a stone rolled across its entrance.' Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, Martha's always the master of the obvious here, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a head cloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Hallelujah. So here we have uh, we see that in nothing or no one is too dead for Jesus to raise. Again, I'm talking about physical resurrection from the dead today. But yes, this does relate to our spiritual life too. If you're listening to me, obviously you are not dead. So I'm going to address the spiritual side of this in just a minute. But I really wanted to stir up you to understand that God's miracle working power isn't just for the spiritual side, amen, it is for the physical side. Jesus has great compassion, but he also gets very angry. I feel like that Jesus is angry in this passion, not because Lazarus died, because Jesus had already declared when Lazarus was still sick and he found out of it. He says that Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. He didn't say that he wouldn't die. He just said that his sickness would not end in death. So Jesus already knew that Lazarus was sick, that he would die, but that was not going to be the end. He knew he was going to resurrect him. And I believe Jesus' anger that we see over here in the latter part of this story is from the lack of faith. And that people, and still today, it was like people swarm to Mary and Martha, with, you know, because you know, to, to console them. You know, sometimes it's just like people don't even—they're not even around you when you're when you're alive. But now all of a sudden you die, and then they come to your funeral and act like you and them were best friends. I don't—I'm not that kind of person. I don't live my life that way. If you and I are a great acquaintance or a good friend we're going to spend time together in life right i don't need to show up 30 years later at your funeral and act like you know whatever i i'm not i don't that's just not me okay but besides that that that's just a side note there we have here jesus very angry i believe because there was such a lack of faith and he he, he spoke to martha trying to speak faith into her right She said, yeah, I understand that, you know, he will rise again on the day when everybody rises from resurrection and resurrection life. So she understood that. But all these people are wailing and weeping and making all this commotion. You know, it's kind of like what you see in in religion today. You know, everybody thinks it's okay to wail and weep in church, but nobody thinks it's okay to to laugh and joy. Amen. People get upset. When people begin to laugh in the joy of the Lord, that doesn't even make good sense. It's like it's like humankind, mankind, is obsessed with death and weeping and sorrow, but they do not know how to rejoice and live a joyful life. And I believe Jesus's anger was merely from the fact he. he Despises the lack of faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And I believe the lack of faith made Him angry. But I love this because Jesus is on assignment and He's going to accomplish what He came there to do. Amen. He'd already stated while last when He found out Lazarus was sick, He'd already stated that Lazarus' sickness would not end in death. Lazarus may have been dead, but he wasn't going to stay dead. Amen. And we see here when they get to the tomb, even though Jesus had spoken um, to Martha, she still didn't get it. Are you crazy, Jesus? If you roll that stone away, he's already been in there for four days. It stinketh. Amen. So here we see in the three instances where Jesus actually raised people from the dead, we see that one he raised someone from the dead that had just died. Two, he raised someone from the dead who had already been preserved and was in the coffin on the way to the tomb. And three, we see where he raises Lazarus from the dead who not just died, And had been preserved, but had been in the tomb for four days, and his body was already decaying. Hallelujah. There's nothing too dead and too far gone for Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. He's still the same Jesus. He literally raises the physical dead to life. Amen. But let me speak to you spiritually now. In every circumstance in your life, you may be living, right? Or maybe you've been given a death sentence of some kind of sickness, disease, illness that you think is going to take you out. Let me speak to you the word of God. This sickness will not end in death in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Or maybe you're in a difficult situation in, in your marriage and, and it looks like the marriage is done and over with, or maybe your marriage is done and over with. Maybe you've even already gone through divorce, but you believe in God for restoration. I speak resurrection life and restoration to that marriage in Jesus name. Maybe you have a child who's out on the streets, Or a grandchild who's wrapped up and bound by addiction to drugs. And you don't even know where they are from day to day. You don't even actually know if they're still alive. I speak life to that child. I speak life to that grandchild. This will not end in death. Hallelujah. Jesus has come that they might have life and have life more abundantly upon this earth. They shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I want to stir up faith in you today. Believe God. Believe God for resurrection life in every dead situation. I don't care how far gone it is, whether the death has just occurred, whether it's been there for a while, or whether it's been there for so long it stinks. I'm telling you, speak life. For we serve a God who calls the dead things back to life and calls, or who brings the dead things back to life and calls things that are not as though they are. And you were created in His image and we have the same spirit of faith as the psalmist who wrote, I believe, and therefore I speak. We believe, therefore we speak. Bring the dead things back to life and call those things that are not as though they are in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Woo, bless the Lord kesika get up hallelujah come out of that grave hallelujah in jesus name <laughs> Hallelujah. I've heard you know preachers say he had, Jesus when he was at Lazarus' tomb had to say speak Lazarus' name because had he just said come out everybody in that grave would have come out. Amen. There was such power and authority there. Hallelujah. 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 I believe That we still serve that same Jesus that still brings the physically dead back to life. And I believe, (laughs) hallelujah, before I cross from this earth into heaven, hallelujah, that I'm going to see that miracle working power, raising someone from the dead, working through me. I believe it. I believe it. (laughs) I'm alive for such a time as this. And God is going to use me to bring someone dead back to life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's the same Jesus. Hallelujah. So let me speak. Hallelujah. The word of the Lord to you before we end here today. Heal the sick. Raise the dead cleanse the lepers and cast out demons freely. You have received freely give in Jesus name.